Hey folks, welcome to a brand new season of We Talk Cyber with Monica. Yes, we are back with a brand new season, brand new topics, and amazing conversations on all things cyber. Do you wonder what does it take to build a personal success story in cybersecurity and make a real impact? What are some of the most important challenges within security and privacy? How can we overcome them? How do they affect our today and probably also our tomorrow? Well, if you want to hear the success stories of some of the renowned global experts within security and privacy, be inspired, take your career even further, and make a real difference and impact, then this podcast is the right place for you. In this podcast, we talk to renowned global experts who are making a real difference in security and privacy every single day. Talk about the challenges, the learning, recommendations, and an opportunity for growth. So before we hop into the episode, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Monica Talk Cyber, and We Talk Cyber in your favorite podcast app. Do it right away so you don't miss any of these amazing conversations and stories. So let's hop right into the episode. This is We Talk Cyber with Monica. Hey, so in today's episode, we'll be talking to an industry leader and a cloud expert. We'll be talking to Anton Chivokin, who is the head of solution strategy at Google and former research director at Gartner. We'll be talking to Anton about some of the security issues with cloud, especially with regards to cloud migrations. Can we trust cloud less to trust more? What is an enterprise's responsibility with regards to security in cloud? What are some of the key paradoxes when it comes to cloud breaches? And how can we increase accountability when it comes to cloud data breaches? How can we help organizations and security leaders shift to a cloud security mindset? So we'll be talking with Anton about these and more. So let's beat our guest right away. Hi, Anton. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for inviting me. Lovely to have you on the podcast show today, Anton. Um, would you like to say a few words about yourself to the audience and maybe share one fun fact about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Now, um... You did mention I worked at Google, and uh, I ended up at Google through an acquisition, as some of you know. But the funny part is that I was acquired into Google after with Chronicle, but I joined Chronicle from Gartner, where I spent eight years analyzing many security technologies and security markets. So it's kind of funny that I was lured away from Gartner into a startup, uh, which had like 100 people, and now I work for a company that had 100,000 people. I was actually born in Siberia. Oh, interesting. So very global background. Fantastic. Uh, it is indeed, yes. Let's just start with uh, one of the biggest things that I've seen. So I've worked with cloud many years now. And one of the things that I've seen between even different cultures and all over the world working with global companies is that people, when they're migrating to cloud or organizations, when they're migrating to cloud, they either have the mindset, oh, no, cloud is not secure, or they have the mindset, oh, cloud is secure 100% by default. Uh, majority of the time, it's either or of the two scenarios. Why do you think is that? And what are your experiences with it? So this uh, type of mindset I've definitely encountered during my Gartner days, because I've had people who were clearly under the influence, I'd use this term, uh, of either of one or another. Like, I've spent some time pondering this. And uh, of course, other Gartner analysts have, which kind of let me give you some of the opinions I've seen, which are useful, and also some of the some of my own thoughts. So, Gartner, for example, had a line, had a, like a quote that goes like this: "99% um, of uh, cloud breaches would be customers' fault." And 
there is a longer version of that and it has a decent fact base behind it. But to me, the reason I'm bringing this up is that this kind of has uh, shed some light on, on the paradox you brought up. Uh, if you look at cloud infrastructure, how it's run, how it's built, it is actually really secure, very secure by many standards against many threats. And so, and there are many ways to prove it. So in that sense, if you're checking how cloud is run by cloud providers, you would see you know, robust world-class, best in the world operations. And so if you look at that, you would say, oh, yeah, it's really secure. It's more secure than many, many, many enterprises. It's probably more, more secure than most enterprises. And then you'd fall into the camp of cloud is secure and forget everything else. However, mm-hmm. uh, the other Gartner line goes like this. Cloud is secure, but are you using it securely? Mm-hmm. And this is where the other part of the paradox shows up. And I'm using these two quotes from my former employee because they kind of help frame the thinking about it. So the idea is that if you approach a securely built infrastructure, secure operations, secure, you know, everything, but then you deploy your own app that you wrote over morning coffee and you're not too skilled in writing an app, uh, who is responsible for security of that app? And to me, the answer is pretty obvious. You are because of the shared responsibility model for security. Now, if you do that and you're hacked, because you've put a badly written or badly from the security point of view written app in the cloud, it kind of isn't the provider's fault, obviously. So the fact that the provider side is secure doesn't really save you. So to me, the paradox is explained by what I just said, by that framing. So cloud is secure, the infrastructure is secure, the process is secure, data centers are secure, but a lot of cloud usage really isn't. And to me, the big battle of the coming years would be to how to change that, how to make cloud usage secure and not just cloud secure. So the clients or the organizations who, say, who think cloud is secure usually look at the infrastructure and how people like Google and obviously the other two cloud providers do things. And they say, wow, that's really solid, better than us, very secure. Mm-hmm. And people who are thinking cloud is insecure, cannot be trusted, usually look at breaches, at, at issues, at, at like mistakes typically made by the clients, by the organizations uh, who perhaps didn't think of moving to the cloud for enough. And so they mm-hmm. did things kind of badly and then things were insecure and that becomes a generalization. Maybe right. it's a long-winded answer, but that's what I think. Right. I mean, and, and you touched a good point about the shared responsibility model. I mean, that's really the holy grail of really working uh, well with the cloud and ensuring that you have security in place both during migration and after when you're already operating in cloud. People also have struggled struggle to understand the shared responsibility model. Uh, what do you recommend to those organizations? I mean, obviously, big three, the CSPs, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, they have come out with their own uh, kind of architecture, infrastructure, and, and documentation around the shared responsibility model. Mm-hmm. Somehow, it's still quite challenging for many organizations. What would you recommend to them? So... There, let me go through three cases, uh, three kind of three buckets of stuff. So there's one bucket of stuff where the responsibility is firmly with the provider and generally speaking, you have nothing to worry about. Example, dead simple, physical security. Um, we have uh, enough evidence, enough proof, enough transparency to show that we run data centers and, and other cloud providers do too, uh, very securely and according across a vast list of threat models. So the parts of the shared responsibility model that are clearly in provider hands are kind of okay. They're they're clear and they're really not confused usually. Now, the other side, 
is things that are clearly at the hands of the customer. So for example, you have accounts uh, for your employees, for your customers, for whoever, that are stored in an identity management system by a cloud provider. If you don't enable multi-factor auth, if you deal with credentials badly, if you share passwords, if you have passwords pasted in public code, you know, bad things happen, but it's also very clearly your responsibility because this part dealing with your credentials is on you. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like two simple cases. Now for the really tricky case, what about items that are genuinely joint? Mm-hmm. Uh, say network security. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are network security controls inside the CSP cloud security provider stable, but how you configure firewalls, what rules you put in the firewalls, what, what, monitor, what things you monitor are kind of in the hands of a client. So the joint items are typically where friction happens and where bad things happen. Now, there are two mindsets about it. One mindset is just be confused about what's joint or assume that the provider does it or something else dysfunctional. But the healthy mindset about the joint item is really working together with the provider. Like hmm. I've given this advice in my Gartner years in respect to MSSPs, managed security services, where you kind of have to become jointly operating stuff with them. And this is the mindset that works for the shared responsibility model items that are truly in both customer hands and the CSP hands. Well, if the item is in both hands, to keep it up, you have to both hold it. Mm-hmm. Providers generally do their stuff. So the, the idea is that customers should do. But that understanding is often lacking, that they don't get that they're joint items that you have to do jointly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may be oversimplifying things, but ultimately that's how you crack the nut on the shared responsibility model. Right. Um, because that's the responsibility part, right? And and we talked a bit about the breaches that have been happening. Um, let's Let's talk about that for a bit, because when a particular breach happens that's due to a cloud service, there's usually a confusion between the accountability of it, right? Um, it could usually, in an oversimplified way, one could say, okay, if, if there is a data breach due to services that you have consumed from a cloud service provider, if the breach happened due to misconfiguration, just as a simple example, by the enterprise, then the accountability of the breach lies with them. And say, for example, if the um, issue or the reason why the data breach happened was due to some inherent flaw in the framework that the cloud service provider yep. uh, provides, then the accountability lies with the cloud service provider. That's However, right. this is this is a very simplified version of it, right? Because if I, as an enterprise, uh, have my customers, right? And I'm, I'm obviously using some cloud services from a cloud service provider. And let's say a data breach happened, my customer's yep. data got leaked due to a flaw in the infrastructure or something that lies with the CSP. Ultimately, I'm still accountable for for the da- the breach of the data of my customers. In that case, is it like accountability is both cases or how, how should enterprises understand that? So um, this is actually really tricky. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, being, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being open admitting that uh, in many areas, in many cases, there wouldn't be a crisp answer to that. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because if there's a question about what would be reported in the media, if there's a court case of any kind, again, I'm not a lawyer, I shouldn't comment on that, but there would be yet another venue for debating this. There would be a contractual stuff. So to me, this are like too many dimensions as far as who is really left holding the bag and what they should do about it. Um, to me, when I'm observing this, these things, to me, this 
justifies the need for enterprises to push cloud providers for more transparency, more accountability features so that mm-hmm. you can observe what's going on so that you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, one bit that I've been dealing with uh, a lot lately in the area of cloud data security is encryption key management. And mm-hmm. we built this piece of tech called external key manager, EKM, which allows customer to hold the encryption key in their hands for stuff that happens in Google Cloud without ever giving the key to Google. Mm-hmm. And you may say, why? Google is totally better at doing key management. And you'd be right. Google is better at doing key management. But that's not the point. The point is that for certain workloads, customers insist on keys in their hands because of this accountability paradox, among other mm-hmm. reasons. So mm-hmm. if things blow up and the provider has the keys, you still kind of have this, wait, I'm ultimately accountable. Was it really my fault? And because, there would be a debate of some sort. Mm. But if you don't want this, hey, have your keys in your hands. Have the keys stored on-premise in the system you want. And then ultimately you're accountable, but you're also doing something about it. You're not just you're not just trusting. You're trusting less. To me, this is the part where if you are concerned with the scenario, choose the technologies that allow you to trust less. Mm-hmm. Good, because this is really a very good example of control versus trust. Because when you go to cloud, there has to be, I mean, it, it implicitly uh, includes some kind of implicit trust in the cloud service provider. Mm-hmm. Um, however uneasy that is, or that may be for enterprises or especially for security folks. Um, and, and balancing that control versus trust is, is what is really the key here, what you also mentioned here with the possibility to have transparency, the possibility to be able to trust less, which basically builds trust at the end with your cloud service provider. Because I know that you wrote something about it and um, what have been your experiences around it? How are people, are organizations really... Um, adopting this trustless model better? Um, I would say that this mostly applies in scenarios where uh, it matters or the customer thinks that it matters. Because there Mm -hmm. would be a decent number of cloud use cases where it genuinely doesn't matter. And it's perfectly okay to keep keys with cloud provider. There's no real Mm -hmm. need to externalize the keys and reduce trust. You may be processing public data or you may be processing other things that don't require this treatment. So to me, the model is catching up, but it's also, to me, it's probably not necessarily the model for everybody for every use case of cloud computing. I mean, we built confidential compute stack uh, so that you can process things without Google seeing them. So that's another example of something that would be hugely useful to people, but to me, it won't necessarily be everybody on the planet uh, right. unless things really change around us, which who knows, they may. It's a year of change. One of the other blog posts I've written Uh, Hmm. a good number of months ago, kind of vaguely inspired by this area is what I call the reverse security theater. And you know, Bruce Schneier's term security theater means Hmm. security that's kind of made you feel good, but doesn't really secure. Hmm. I've encountered situations where things are secure, but people don't feel good about them. (laughs) Like, I don't know. uh, There are many, there are actually more examples of that that people care to admit. For example, modern mobile OS Mm-hmm. actually really well done from a security point of view, but there are still people who are kind of afraid of, of things. And there are many examples in the cloud as well where things are done very securely, but there are still doubts in people's minds that they're secure. 
So that's why I said, hey, it's like reverse security theater. Mm -hmm. Things are secure, but people don't believe that. Point that you make here is very, very important because when people, when you talk about risk management with cloud, then definitely there is a very important need to think outside just cyber risk because there is a lot of different kind of systemic risk, financial risk, geopolitical risk. And, and that holistic perspective is very important, which, which is actually a perfect segue to my next question, because when you are migrating to cloud, um, a lot of organizations, uh, more often than not, have not uh, built any kind of cloud migration strategy or have any kind of security strategy, which often or not means that they don't have a security strategy for migrating to cloud. Um, what are your experiences with that? And is there a, a missing holistic approach here that you see? Some recommendations that you would give to the organizations? So this is also a big, big question. And many of many dimensions of the question uh, lie way outside of my expertise. So I, I don't claim to be a cloud migration expert. I've, I've met many at Gartner. And of course, I meet uh, many of them here at Google. To be honest, I'll probably give you more like select kind of select ideas rather than a structured framework. I don't have a framework in this area. Mm -hmm. This is not really my primary focus. So what I've observed in recent, in recent months is that there are still a lot of companies that go to the cloud with a lot of on-premise thinking in mind. Essentially, they treat cloud as kind of a rented data center space, I would say, maybe. So to me, this creates a bit of a fear that People are bringing not only their practices and tools from data centers to cloud, but they also bring in their mistakes. And so as a result, uh, if there's a quote unquote cloud data breach that happens to them, uh, what would likely be the problem is something that they had on-prem. Uh, namely that they used it on-prem and they copied this to the cloud, but some of the realities of the cloud are different. Uh, maybe the mm -hmm. threat model is different, which is another point I wanted to make. And so that type of, lack of change of thinking, uh, yeah, it sounds kind of complicated, from on-prem to cloud, even you migrate, has been probably a, a decent source of problems. And again, this is just one angle. I, there are many, many more, and there are many different cloud migration scenarios. There are people who are cloud native. There are people who are kind of in between. I didn't really study all that. I've read a lot of papers on this, but I don't claim to be an expert in this. Yeah, but those, this is still a very sound thinking and idea to have in the back of your head when at least designing or defining the security part of the cloud migration strategy. Um, okay. Just to maybe ask you or pick your brains on that, because you said a bit about mindset and you talked a bit about, yeah, it, it's not just about moving something from on-prem into cloud. That's It's not just a lift and shift thing. Even if you do it, there are still different threat models it's completely different kind of technology. The The idea behind and the purpose behind is very different. Yep. Do you believe that this whole meme that we have been having for last, I don't know how many years now, cloud is just someone else's computer? Do you believe that's true? I think that it caused a lot of people to send their thoughts in the wrong direction. So I, I think that in some conceptual level, like, does it involve computers that belong to somebody else? Well, yeah, it does. But to me, I would probably kind of attack the, the word just. Cloud is just somebody else's computer. So my point is cloud is not just somebody else's computer, <laughs> even though it involves somebody else's computers. Correct. And then the reason why uh, I would say that is that if you are used to Linux and Windows and OS management and servers and hardware and, you know, 
getting a screwdriver and putting stuff in the rack and then administering the servers. And then you're like thrown into the world of like <clears throat> microservices, containers, uh, serverless, uh, software as a service. I, I'm lots of buzzwords, whatever. The point is that this isn't the same tech. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is somewhere a server in the back end that belongs to somebody else. So to me, there are nuances to that. So it, to, on some level, cloud is cloud involves somebody else's computers. But mm -hmm. is cloud just somebody else's computer? No. And that's what thinking that leads you usually to making the on-prem mistakes in the cloud. And that's why, to me, this is funny. And this is somewhat true, but it's ultimately harmful to a lot of people's initiatives for both migration and security. And absolutely. I mean, the reason I ask is because I've been preaching literally the same. It does send you the wrong thinking path. It absolutely. just sends you the path of like, ah, it's all the same. And that's how you assume implicitly that you use the same control, same practice, the same approaches. And then you end up missing the change in reality. And then you mm -hmm. end up missing different threat models. Um, uh, one of the fun part that came up in a recent Twitter discussion um, it, it connected to this was about somebody saying, if you have a server in your data center, you can make an application security mistake. You can make a system security mistake. But as long as you don't make a network security mistake by misconfiguring the firewall, you may still be okay. So in essence, uh, or you can make a network security mistake and then not make an application security mistake and you're still okay. Some of the stuff in the cloud is just different. If it's mm -hmm. a publicly exposed server, you really cannot make, uh, uh, say, a mistake in your identity management because uh, identity is kind of, uh, I mean, it's a public identity or is there accessible from the outside if it's public cloud. Mm. Uh, you sometimes cannot make uh, an application security mistake because uh, you're probably not using the same type of segmented network, uh, same type of firewall layers as you use on-premise. So in that mm -hmm. sense, threat model, threat models change. And if you miss Absolutely. that, you may end up in the hot water. Absolutely. I mean, it requires a change of mindset, and that kind of uh, is not uh, possible if, if, if you are thinking that it's just as somebody else's computer. So a lot of the CISOs today obviously have to take care of ensuring that security is a part of migrating to cloud and ensuring that security while migrating to cloud is a part of the security strategy. What would be the top three recommendations you would give to uh, CISOs regarding security while migrating to cloud? So this is another big question to, to ponder simply because there are so many aspects of this. One, I'll give you one highlight. I, again, I don't have a nice structured framework here, but I'll give you one highlight that's connected to what we discussed. I think that investing into cloud-specific skills is going to be useful for most CISOs which are not the CISOs of a cloud-native organizations. If you're a CISO of a cloud-native org, you already have that. You don't need to it's kind of natural as breathing air. Like there's no real need to do anything. But if you're not, if you're a CISO or a more traditional organization, I would definitely invest more into like learning and skilling up for cloud-focused, uh, kind of like cloud-focused technologies. Like what controls you use in the cloud to achieve the same intent and whether the threat model changes prescribes that the same intent still valid. So let me kind of rephrase it as more actionable advice. If I'm looking to move to the cloud, I would think, are my risks the same? Are my threats the same? Is the threat model the same? So this is one cluster of issues. Am I fighting the same 
adversaries. And the second is, what is the cloudy way to address the problems I face? Not necessarily what way I had on premise. So to mm -hmm. me, cloud threat risk bucket and kind of the cloud control bucket. Uh, these two would kind of ultimately, if you think about them, they would likely lead you in a somewhat useful direction. If you don't, if you just copy controls from on-prem or you assume it's secure or something else, then you may end up in hot water. But to me, this type of have my risks threat cha and threats changed? Yes. Okay. Noted. Uh, which of my controls would work for the changed risk? Okay. Are there controls in the cloud that do it better? Yes, no. Well, if the answer is no, then you bring your controls, fine. Or you go and buy controls somewhere else, technology somewhere else. But if you end up with seeing that your changed risks are addressed by your changed controls, then you would be well on your way to doing security the cloudy way and mm -hmm. not doing security the old way that is like in the 90s. Like in the 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, hopefully I made it clear. I, I was rambled a bit, but I was rambling a bit, but uh, I kind of made these two points. From what I understand, and maybe it also will help summarize and also for the audience, is that having the understanding of the threat, uh, the threat landscape and the risk profile that the cloud technology brings with itself for your enterprise is what uh, CISA should be aware of and, and kind of have that kind of thinking to be able to build a security strategy for uh, migrating to cloud. Yeah, that works. You, you cut up all the same points, yes. Fantastic. So um, really fun conversations. Thank you for coming on the podcast show today. Perfect. Thanks for inviting me. This was fun. Lovely. So that was today's episode of We Talk Cyber with Monica. I'm your host, Monica Verma. Today, you heard Anton talking about cloud challenges, security advice. It was a fantastic episode. I had fun. I hope you had fun as well. I'll be back with more amazing episodes, amazing conversations, fantastic guests. So until then, take care, stay safe, and continue tuning in.